You did what? I have a real true-to-life Ashton. I'll talk about it in the thing. I'm recording now. Oh, great. Um, what, what, do you want to... No, do, <coughs> I'll do it in your little intro yeah, when yeah, you talk um, about yourself. Yeah. Oh. I can't remember I'm going to think of something though. better than that. <clears throat> <clears throat> Hello, and why do I sound so strange? Hello and welcome to the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them and how to try not to F it up in our very humble opinion. Today, we're talking about the five things you wish you knew before making your first feature film. I'm Giles Alderson, co-writer and director of the psychological horror film The Dare and the World of Darkness feature documentary and producer of Pitch Black Horror Comedy, A Serial Killer's Guide to Life. And I'm Dan Richardson. Hello, Dan. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. All right. Tell us about you. I'm the producer and lead actor in Retribution, Ooh. which is a movie. And uh, I'm an actor in The Lodge, which is a Disney TV series as well. Ooh. I know that a lot of Disney listeners are probably listening. watching. <laughs> <laughs> Dan's also the best dressed man in the room. Tonight as well, yeah. Well, as wow. per usual, he says nothing about how uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're dressed. Quite a low bar actually today. Is then, yeah. and also joining us is is me. I'm here too, Andrew Roger, uh, the cinematographer. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Just yeah, look him up. Met anyone interesting lately? Oh yeah, <laughs> you should say that. Yeah, I am. Um, we're just talking about sport when I'm here, but I was um I was at a very big showbiz party the other night. I fucking yeah. met an astronaut. I met a proper astronaut, and I don't get wow. starstruck by people ever. Mm. But but there's an astronaut. Wow! Like they're in, like a real one. Are they floating? Well, they're in the yeah, suit. They're in the Is suit. That how you really knew hard they were to talk to. I had to knock on the little window fishbowl, and he opened it up, and <laughs> then he was like, oh, like "I can't breathe." <laughs> Um, but like, I had to engineer a way to shake his hand because I just wanted to touch him. Yeah, because he's been to space. Wow! With that hat, hand has been to space, and now I've been to space. In a nut- right? in a nut- That's how it works. Yeah. yeah. Sort of, yeah. How yeah. did you know he she was an astronaut? Um, he had a big suit on. <laughs> it was like we've covered this. Yeah. Well, right. you can be astronauts too. Yes. You how do you know if you've got an astronaut at your party? I don't know. How do you know if you've got an astronaut? Don't worry, at your party? they'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Brilliant. you knew. Well, it was lovely. Dan has another story about an astronaut. Yeah, it's better. So. <laughs> so what you were at a party no it wasn't a party it was a, when I used to work in real the real world mm. I had a job in a computer you company you were in the real world no 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 it was a great TV show that wasn't wow. it Ducky no, that. no yeah, the Fresh yeah, Prince yeah. what yeah I just wanted to shut you up um, <laughs> <laughs> it worked I'm going to let you finish I'm going to let you tell your story yeah yeah go ahead Beyonce no but um, Beyonce I'm making the Fresh Prince Did I, is that just like a myth I heard they were making it'd be so good though wouldn't it it'd be weird are. Will Smith's not going to be no of course it's not so good. Anyway, carry on. It'd be brilliant. Yeah. I, I went to a conference in, in New York. He'd be and like Dr. Phil, wouldn't he? He'd be like Dr. Phil, yeah. Sorry, Dan. Neil Armstrong. <laughs> Wait, go on. First man on the moon. And what? St- what? Start again? He was a guest speaker. Who? Who was a guest speaker? Neil Armstrong. Who? First man on the moon. 1969. There's no proof of that. Space race. <laughs> <laughs> ain't no moon because the a- ain't a swear. <laughs> I think he's having a stroke. Um... <laughs> <laughs> DP down, DP down. <laughs> I can see. I'm sorry. Should we talk filmmaking? Nah, nah. Um, right, let's. You want to press record? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, this. You know what this podcast is about? It's about helping people you make films. You know what films. time it is? You know what time it is? It's filmmaking, filmmaking time. time. <laughs> yeah, I was going to do. Mm. Hammer talking time. about filmmaking time. <laughs> 
So today we're talking about what the five things you wish you knew before making your feature film, your first sure. feature film. Sure, sure, sure. So let's get to it. All right, number one, Ridley Scott. Would have been good to know him. He'd have been really no, helpful. Not, no, no, this no, isn't, no. This isn't like... <laughs> <laughs> number two, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> but even if you knew him, would that have helped you make your... If we got on well, yeah. I'll go, Ridley, listen, going to make a movie. First time I've done it. Um, mm. I'd have probably said something like, what do you wish you'd known before you made your first movie with hindsight? Yeah. So I want to be able to say that Ridley Scott is my number one answer. I want to know Ridley Scott. But anyway, I'll say... And, and if you could... That, I mean, that's a problem for a lot of filmmakers, isn't it? They don't know Ridley Scott. They don't know, they don't know Ridley Scott. He's 80 now. And we all know he's Ridley not Scott. 80. So he's fine, 80 but... right now. And he's... he's not 80. Yeah, he's 80. Are you serious? Fierce. He's the best... Look, I mean, in a sexual best way. Looking, he's the like, best looking yeah. 80 year old. Who else? Well, who Ridley Scott. With? Right, who else is 80? Uh, Clint Eastwood. He's up there. Wax? Ridley's who? not 80. Ridley's not 80. He's not even 60. He is. He's 80 now. I'm going to look this up. If Ridley Scott, Ridley, if you're listening, mate, if you're 80. He is 80. He's 1937. Back. He's not he's listening. 80. That's, that's 80 years. He's 80 years old. That's old timey times. I'm absolutely astounded it's, by isn't that. Isn't it though? That's yeah. top no, but it is, yeah. <laughs> and him, imagine him in in where in that the Wild West. Where was he? South Shields, and he was pushing that cart up the hill with the old oh, bread God. basket <clears throat> in it. Remember, that was the famous advert he made, the Hovis advert with the kid that, pushing the bread. That Ridley Scott. That was Ridley that Scott. Was the Riddler. Yeah, Amazing. Him and his brother the Tony, the Riddler. Ridster. Mate, just made that up. <laughs> Did, you? Yeah, Did you? That's what I call him anyway. Right. He doesn't know. All right, so... He doesn't know me. But things I wish I knew before making my first film. Less. Not really. So you know the whole less is more thing? Yeah. And this is as an actor. Because the first film I made... Mm. Do you mean made or been in? Either, for you. Just well, as, a, as an actor, the, the thing that I wish I knew... I knew that less is more. Because obviously any anyone who's taught anything about acting is taught, especially for film and TV, mm. is less is more. So, you know, the easy distinction to make is between theatre, where it's huge and in theatrical for obvious reasons, so the guy in the back row can 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 see it and hear it, to film, which is intimate, and it's right in your face, and you're doing an extreme close-up and let the, you know, minimise it and internalise it. And, and I knew less is more, but I wish I had known that even less, less is more. Mm. Because for the first couple of films I did, I thought I was applying less is more. And then when I saw it back, I thought, no, I'm still acting. Still too much. Still too much. So less, less is more. It's a good first one. Um, Andy, let's have your first one. Um, <clears throat> I wish I'd been less shy like when mm. I first got on sets. I think okay. I felt um, a bit overwhelmed to be there. I mean, I'm talking like 20 years ago now. Something like that. But you've been in this business a long time. Oh, I've been in this Nearly business. Nearly as long as Ridley Scott. Since Ridley Scott was in <laughs> shortbread. Short, shorts hey. and bread, yeah, it's good. Hey. Dan gets it. Okay. Um, <sighs> well, he did too. I mean, no, I just think I felt like I felt I felt I felt like I was in the way. I didn't want to like I was but overwhelmed to be there. I didn't want to, but I just I feel like um, if you if you make yourself useful on set, um, then that's that's fine. Like if you're out of the way and you're not causing a problem, that's one thing. But you know, help. Like if you can help. Don't make a nuisance of yourself, but also like you know, you can get involved. You can move cables. You can um, make 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 friends. And yeah, <laughs> and people are scared. Of, people are scared. Of talking but to don't be scared. Yeah, things. but yeah. but if you know if you're a friendly person, they'll they'll get you back the next day, and you can come back and do more and more. And that's absolutely that's eventually what happened. But it took me. I wish I'd known that day one. You right. You'd work. What, I'd have just been more. Different. I just would have been like equally respectful, but just more outgoing. I guess you know, Open. and just and yeah, and and uh, knowing that people would appreciate a hand 
I guess. I agree. I think if you are the runner and it is your first day on set, um, yeah, do do work hard. Do what you can. Pick stuff up. Be involved. What can I help with? Can I do? Obviously, don't be annoying. Don't get in the way. But if you're around, someone will go, can you do this? And if you do it well, they're going to go, that guy was good. He was on it. He didn't complain. He didn't make a fuss. He just did the job I asked him to do. And he listened and he learned. Or her. Or her. Mm-hmm. He or she uh, listened, learned, and you bring them back. Yeah. I think that's a really good point, um, is to be available on set. Be that person. As a DP, though, the first time you were DPing on set, um, what was that? Was there anything you would have done differently on that first day? I don't remember that day. I don't know what my first thing was. It, was it something maybe it was where you were just... And let's say big stuff. Let's say something where it was... Okay, okay here's a... Uh, feature. I, I was doing a lot of stuff and then suddenly I did a, a big live TV show a few years ago, a big Rock Awards thing. Oh, yeah. Um, and like fucking Led Zeppelin were there and like the Stones and Black Sabbath. And wow. I just, it, it's everyone. I'm surprised I didn't drag you in. To sing and play. <laughs> I think I think I think there's probably enough talent in the room, <laughs> as but opposed to yours. Probably all right for guitar players, but yeah. Um, but it was great. But, it, but we had like 15 cameras in a jib, and I had like one day of prep, and it was a nightmare. And we had to like do live switching, and it was all it was it was a nightmare. But it was great. We had like. 200 lights and stuff that had to go in the lamps and that, like, all on paper with no testing it was just like put it in turn it on off you go it was Full like on. quite scary mm. wow. but I just wish I'd taken more time to enjoy it because everyone was really cool and friendly and, and walked past like Ozzy and he'd be like you alright mate and I'd be like yeah yeah I'm just doing a thing <laughs> like just yeah, I've got time, to do something just no yeah. time to talk to these like incredible people who I'll never get to meet again mm. um, so it just take some time to smell the daisies I like that. It is true. You do, it, it, our first day on the day was so quick. We were sort of like, I'll oh, get the shot. I was so worried of not making the day that I didn't have a chance at all to enjoy it. If someone hadn't been videoing it, I'd had no recollection of that apart from get the shot, get the shot, let's move over there, get this shot. Didn't have a chance to enjoy it. I think that's mm. a really good point. Enjoy it. I don't mean relax and <coughs> say hello to Ozzy Osbourne. And just be in the moment. And be in the moment. Yeah. yeah. That's a really good first one. Okay, um, my one is going back to the script, actually, is, is making sure that script is solid. So this is something I wish I knew before making anything I've made, but mainly my first feature is make sure the script is absolutely rock solid before getting actors to look at it, before getting to set, before all these things. And and if uh, people are very scared of putting their script out to people, they go, oh, no, but they might steal it. or oh. And the main reason people don't want to do it is because they're scared it's not good enough. But that's great feedback. Give me the feedback. It's not good enough. You need to improve it. You need to get it better. They might not know the answers, but you'll know there's something wrong with it. And there's all these places you can send them now. I mean, you've got to pay for it. But if you're making your first feature film and you're putting your own money in, or worse, someone else's, and it's big money, why the hell haven't you spent 150 quid up to 300 quid making sure that's the best script it can be and getting these brilliant script readers to look at it and go... No, it just needs improving. Oh, if only you'd done this. Because it's too late in the edit. Mm. Or just send them to Giles Alderson. Don't. Giles. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> yes, I'll read your script for free. No problem. I'll give you free advice. But no, but there is all these wonderful places, the script advice places that can make your script better. Do it. Don't be shy about giving it to your friends. Really don't. Uh, maybe a quarter of them won't read it. It doesn't matter. Give it to the other lot. Someone will read it and they'll give you feedback. And that is vital 
so vital before you get on set is make sure your script is amazing best mm. it can be mm. for your level best it can be well that's the that's the engine of everything else that happens mm-hmm. isn't it you could you has to it's like you said it's story 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 and and we know that films are if a, a good story will excuse a poorly shot less well shot film Absolutely. people will still watch that if the story is engaging mm-hmm. and it's not true the other way around you can have the most incredibly shot. I'll watch it. <laughs> Only DPs will watch, watch it. Watch and go, wow, that's yeah. so amazingly shot. Blade Runner, 24 and amazingly shot, but some people complained about the story, and that's why it fell down. doesn't matter how good it's shot, right? There you go. So story, for, for me, it's so important. Pay for feedback. Yeah. Because all those little details matter so much mm. um, when you're on set. Uh, that you, you can't see the wood for the trees. You cannot. Someone says, oh, I'm just going to change this scene, or we're going to do this. What? Get it right beforehand if you can. Okay, let's go to uh, a second. Let's go to a caller. Yeah. Okay. We've, Hello. We've, oh, hi there. Who have we got on the oh, line? What's your name? Where are you from? I'm Barry. I'm from uh, here. I'm in your room. Right. Wow. It's kind of creepy. And what's your question, Barry? When are you coming home? <laughs> well, I am home. Mummy's home. I'm going to put you back in the cupboard. <laughs> And lock you there. This has got really creepy. Yeah, really, <laughs> really fast. Quickly. Really Great. Fast. Thank you very much. Next caller. Do you know we've got a lot of listeners in Singapore? Oh. They're top countries. <laughs> United Kingdom's huge, obviously. United States is the next one. And then Singapore comes third. That's amazing. So, so is it, sorry, was that UK? <clears throat> English. <laughs> <laughs> just it? Googled it. Just English. Googled it. English. <laughs> is it actually English? Yeah. And then Tamil. And then Tamil, interesting. That's interesting. And then um, Malay. So, so we could go work as filmmakers. And, and then standard Mandarin. And Singapore. We That's probably why we have a lot of listeners from Singapore. Hey, if you're in Singapore, hook us up. We want to come hook shoot us that. up, man. So, yeah, Andy's free in January. So. Yeah. I stayed in. Uh, <laughs> I stayed at Raffles in Singapore years and years ago. The Raffles Hotel. And I think we should go there, make a film. So anyone in Singapore with bucket loads of money who wants to be involved in uh, exec producing a film, Mm -hmm. obviously you can't take any creative uh, control. uh, (laughs) Or be in it or do anything. Yeah, well, you can can be in it as an extra. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. For every million of of invested money, you can be in as an extra for a second. Last time I was at last time I was at Raffles in Singapore, which was the only time. Last time was last time. (laughs) Dropping Singapore. I was trying to make it sound like that, but I've been there once. When I was about five, I was at Raffles in Singapore, and it's the first film I ever saw being shot was out the front of the thing. They were shooting a scene. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So what are the chances of me bringing up the Raffles Hotel? All the hotels in all the world. Wow, that's where it all started for him. Amazing. So that when when and when Story someone cycle. in Singapore offers us a bunch of money to come out and make a film mm. off the back of this, you'll be thanking me, and you won't be you won't be laughing and poking me with sticks. <laughs> I think it's great. We love our fans. We love them. Thank we you. We just so want to say we love all our fans. <laughs> we love all our we love yous. Um, no, thanks for listening. Do send us a message. Find us on Twitter, Filmmakers Pod, and send us a message. Ask us a question. We will support you. In the Raffles Hotel in Singapore, when you flies over, yeah, we, yeah we'll answer your question <laughs> at the <laughs> cocktail bar of the Raffles, <laughs> <laughs> and not before. Not before. Okay, let's go to question two. Did you actually start question two? I asked you about question. No, you mean answer, answer two. two. No, well, yes, answer two. I shall just refer to my notes. Uh, yeah, well, I suppose I've got a couple of really important ones to me, and I think I, as to one you. of the most important ones. <laughs> yeah, and this is—I'm going to say this one because it's another one that's an actor. 
actor-related thing. Well, it, it's true of everybody, I think, but it's it was specifically true of me as a person as and as an actor. I wish that I had developed more backbone to say to speak up when something's wrong. Good one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I put up with some stuff on my first shoot where it really, really affected my performance. And it was res- because of resentment and it was because of irritation and frustration and distraction. Mm-hmm. And and the problem with that, and the reason I say specifically as an actor, even though it's true of everybody, um, is that there's a different dynamic. There's a danger as an actor. If you say, let's say, for example, and, and a good director will say, I think you, you've, you've talked about this in, an earlier, in an earlier episode where you talk about you're creating a... Actually, <laughs> he did, but he made a mistake. <laughs> you're creating the optimum environment for your actor to deliver the best performance possible. Mm-hmm. If you've got, for example, a member of the crew who's Whoa. mucking about, was that a point? They at you? like a very deliberate. This guy <laughs> over here. I think that was a, a member of the crew gestures, towards, gestures just towards my, me. I merely gestured to my left. If you've got a member of the crew, pointing now. For example, it's <laughs> <laughs> gone the other way. To Hang on a second. That's going to ricochet. Anyone else can speak up and have, and there's less potential for them to be labeled as a prima donna than an actor. True. Mm-hmm. And I have had that situation in a particular movie where I had a very emotionally charged scene for about six hours of, of shooting and resetting and shooting. And, mm-hmm. and it, and it was so difficult anyway. And, and it all hinged on me being in a, in a place where I could just start crying at the right moment. And it was, and that's tough enough for me as it is. I'm it's not really an actor hard. who can cry on tap. And um, in between setups, there was someone in particular on set who was just mucking about, turning on dance music and screwing around. And it really took me out of character. Not wishing to be that guy, mm-hmm. I didn't say anything until it got to the point where I was so frustrated. And I spoke to the first AD and said, "That's got to stop because I'm I, I'm losing." my rag and I'm mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to be that I'm supposed to be this and 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 by then I know the performance suffered I I can't believe I didn't have the balls to say and I didn't so I wish I'd gone in with more spine and you might not have been the only person thinking that on I'm set sure as well very true. I wish someone had said something about you know it wouldn't even be confrontational to just say hey listen actually you're messing up there you take I, it happened it's happened so recently and I still had the same kind of approach to it where I just need to just develop that sort of that, that backbone and say, come on, that's that's not helping. Mm. And it is very important to do that. I'm the same as a director on set. I I'm I don't like other people talking to my actors about performance. And quite rightly, rightly so. so. Oh, and, and Andy's very yeah. good at that. If there's someone say something, he says, no, well, ask Charles. Yeah. You know, it, well... <laughs> the, the fuck are you talking to me? Yeah, where are the toilets? To me. <laughs> no, no, but yeah, of course. It's, yeah. it's so true and having that uh, uh, yeah, I just I never like that when someone would come in the room and start talking to me. We talk, what are we doing? Oh, and having the ability to actually stand up to that. I remember being on a, a short film when I was first ading, and I've done that quite a bit. But the actors took over from the director. So when the director was trying to say something, yeah. the actors go, "No, no, I can find this myself. Don't talk to me this way." <laughs> and I was there's a first going, "This this is wrong. This shouldn't be happening." And I went and talked to the director and said, look, do, do you want me to say something? Because they should be listening to you here. He said, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. He didn't want to upset them. Mm-hmm. I know two decent actors are very good actors. But the problem was, is the end performance just became them crying and acting a lot. Because they felt that was the best way to get through the scene. Whereas the director would have gone, no, no, I want you to shape to that. Mm-hmm. They, they just ran away with it and took control. And that's, again, what you're saying here is take control of 
if you're the leader, take control Absolutely. of it. If you're the lead actor, say, no, I'm not happy with that. Absolutely. Whatever you are on set, Absolutely. whatever role you are, if you're a runner, you say, don't talk to me that way. There is that. Don't be treated badly. Yeah. It's very important. Um, good. Andy, what's your second one, your next one? <clears throat> of what you wish you'd learnt, or what you wish you knew before you were on set. Oh, no, it doesn't work there. <laughs> <laughs> well, what were you going to say? I was going to say, because um, it's happened to me recently, mm. I don't, there's no really polite way of saying this like is it about me don't be be the smelly person on set oh Oh, i love that man that's so good right so you wish you'd learnt to wash your pits before (laughs) i've never been that person um but but i have i met it well fairly recently that would i a crew i hadn't worked before yeah just one of the crew members like just hadn't hygiene it's just one just just go hey just go up 10 minutes early and have a shower please Please, like, how be there is that for you to have to say that? Isn't well, it horrible? I, we, were, we were shooting in a hot room <laughs> with sun coming on, and I had to get them to, to leave the room during. I had to make up reasons. So I wasn't going to be like, dude. But do you not think? But, be, but for, just for everyone's like yeah. for, for well being and like, well being, I had to just be like, can you <sighs> can you stand outside? Like, do you think he not did he she didn't know whether I don't it know. Was, I mean, there's a lack of self awareness there. I think so because sometimes people don't realize that they smell this way How but yeah just hey don't just know. have a shower. how do you not yeah. know i mean people I don't, don't know it's just, it's just polite to everyone else do you know mm. what i mean like it's clothes as well as shower wash yeah, your clothes, it is, wash your clothes yeah, showers sure. yeah. but have, and if you if anyone has ever said to you, you do have baby wipe just wipe your armpit with that yeah. but and also people won't talk like you you want to be you want to be approachable you you want to not smell terrible mm-hmm. you won't manage it every day because sometimes you work hard but, but like you're totally you're lifting but, heavy stuff but you don't want to be the guy or girl with with bad breath or yeah. smells bad oh, oh yeah, yeah. but do you know what have a mint no, on set in. someone's got a chewing gum ask for chewing gum even if you don't think you smell just do it yeah, anyway people, just, just from a practical, even if people. you don't care like just from a practical point of view yeah. people won't come to you and ask you if you need something or tell you something is falling over and on fire in the corner because I don't want to be near you <laughs> and there's not fire in the needs. corner but I'm not going to tell the there's fire a sniper. safety guy there's a red light on your forehead because <laughs> he stinks don't tell him yeah <laughs> that's a great one okay yeah I would yeah. just to clarify I'm not saying that's something that I learned on set but no, it's something I've learned wish through you... the experience of other people having so it's a it's a, it's a lesson for other so people if you're going to be going to go on set for your first time what you should know is look after your hygiene yeah. don't smell bad it's a it's a hot sweaty place life as well but, but especially film sets when Most you're so close are like, they are yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to be fair pull your trousers up as well because it's not cool that is not cool right. that is cool cheers Andy likes that Come on, I've seen know? the crack of his ass so many times yeah pull your trousers up Dan's saying it and Dan was wanting to speak up if about was, if stuff. If it was affecting so... Dan's performance today. <laughs> There's absolutely no question. <laughs> it's affecting my performance as we speak. I can tell you. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so um, my next one is <clears throat> don't feel you need to cut all the time. It's something I do quite a bit as a director is I will not treat it like a theatre piece. Um, but if I'm doing the, my master shot, I will say... I'll keep going. Or even if it's a single, because as soon as I say cut, everyone rushes in. The mm, the the, the, uh, the concentration suddenly becomes different. So people rush in, do makeup, do hair, the actors start talking to each other. But whereas if I didn't cut, and as much as it's annoying for certain people, especially the camera guy holding it or someone's doing something boom, specific, yeah. boom guy holding yeah. the boom, not knowing what it's doing. I get that. But I know if I'm going to get a better performance and it's going to save me time, I will do it. I just won't cut. I'll go, I'll go whisper to the actor. Go keep rolling. Go talk to the actor about how I want to shape. It could be a tiny little thing. 
and then go back and say, okay, and from the top and take it over again. Mm. That's saved my life so many times, my life. That's saved so many cut points for me in the mm. edit room where I went, I know I've got another take of this. I know I just got that moment. Whereas if I'd said cut, we'd have never got the whole thing again. Right. Time someone has said, well, we should move on now. You've got that right. That was good enough, mm. right? Mm. And you go, you bet, we better do. Whereas if you don't, you get an extra mm. minute and you've suddenly got the Interesting. clever way of getting two takes out of one as well. That. Mm. So that's something I wish I knew before going on set the first time. Dan, what's your third? Um, I wish I'd known the process in terms of, so now talking from a filmmaker's perspective rather than an actor, mm-hmm. I wish I'd known that the process is to go to a sales agent before you make a movie mm-hmm. rather than make a movie and then go say to a sales agent, hey, does this fit with market demands right now? Yeah. Is this commercially viable? Where, you know, you talked about taking a script to people for feedback. Mm-hmm. This, that, that's another huge part that a sales agent plays. And you say, is this commercially viable? We're going to make some money from this. Can we get some funding off the back of this script right now? And, um, <clears throat> and they're going to say, tweak it like this, this, and this, and it will be commercially viable. We can get you X, Y, Z. This person's a good person to talk to, whatever. They'll do the comps and they'll say, yeah, this will work. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I'm just like realized they did an industry, um, spiel thing. Comps means comparable. So they'll look at, you know, the, the the type of film it is the actors that are in it and the the likely um success of that film based on comparable films with mm-hmm. you know similar level of people or whatever in a similar genre and um and when the first few films i was involved in it was the it, the film was in the can edited made bosh take it to sales agents by which time just as we've talked about in different contexts mm-hmm. you don't you don't get to go oh we'll go back and redo it you might be able to do a re-edit and hope that it can make it fit but it probably can't because if there's anything like a significant change which at the beginning would have made it would have been completely feasible for you to do yes to make it commercially viable you can't go back and do that but if you go and have a conversation with the sales agent engage them first and just and have that sort of uh, if, if feedback, humility and the feedback. flexibility to take some feedback and don't be too precious over it yeah. because if it's up to you you want to it's the, the creative we talked about this right in episode one I think it's the mm-hmm. conversation and the balance between creative integrity how much do you want to protect your your creative endeavour and the vision that you see and and how much do you want it to sell why yeah. are you doing it if you want it to sell go talk to a sales agent first I wish I'd known that first yeah that's a very good point I think people are very scared of talking to sales agents and distributors and mainly this is if you're making a very low budget film don't go try and speak into the big ones they're not going to take yeah, you seriously plus if you're making a low budget film you're not going to have names in your film yeah. so sales agents it's not going to make too much difference mm. who you've got in your film but at least you're engaging them <clears> don't be scared <throat> to call up sales agents and, and email them and say I'm making a film can I get some interest from you what do you think any advice they yeah. will give it to you yeah they will and if they're the wrong level they'll put you in touch with someone who is the right level yeah, probably absolutely. they're not gonna because that's what they do so they're not it's, yeah you're right there's a i think there's a sort of an intimidation mm-hmm. that people feel about approaching sales agents maybe it's because they they fear the, the sales agent saying this isn't going to work mm-hmm. but surely you'd rather know that before the movie was made absolutely yeah save your money and that's what they do for a living that's what it's hard right. when someone's worked on something for three years it's very hard for someone to hear that sorry it's not good enough you need to. Ch- it's really hard because you're yeah. ready to shoot. You want to shoot, but yeah. it's not going to sell. I think the other side of that is that sometimes getting a sales agent on too early can also be a problem. Mm. Let's say they're putting money in, yeah. then potentially they're getting more profits back end than they wouldn't have got if you'd gone to them with a finished film. You can get more yeah. out of it. So there's two sides to this, but definitely yeah. engage. Definitely yeah, have the sure. conversation with as many people as you can. Yeah. That's a good point. Very good. What were we up? Was that three. your? That was three. 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 Wait, yeah, one three. more. Well, you've got 
five. But anyway. How's your math? Yeah, how's your math? So have you got a third one, Andy? Yeah. Shall I, I did, but it went soon. Okay, I'll do, um, I'll do my third now. Yeah. Um, okay, so for me, this is coming to a, the sort of the other side of the edit point of view. And when you're doing test audiences, for me, and this was so important, was treat test audiences to what they would expect to see in the final finished product. Now, with the Dare, for example, I hadn't had any... There's no CGI in it yet. <clears throat> There's lots of stuff that is unfinished. But instead of writing that on the screen, because I just thought people would understand that and go, well, it's not fully finished. People did not at all. They did not get that the CGI house wasn't built yet. So they didn't understand how... The inside of this house was massive and the outside looked really small. And that was a massive factor in it then changed everything else about how they felt about the film. I'm not saying everything because there was different things that they, they were right about. But for me, it was so important. If you are showing it to anyone, but treat them like they don't know what a film is. Treat them so like this. At this point, this will happen. At this point, CGI house, the fire will happen here. You're talking about like literally putting a, 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 a writing a on the screen, on text. The, yeah, you put it on the screen. Text to say, on this the is screen what will to say right this is what's yeah. happening. Then they can't miss it. Yeah, because I had that so many times with well, the house is too small, and I'm going well. Of course, it's going to be a CGI house. It's a little barn. They go in. It's a huge house. You know, that's we did it, but they don't know that. Yeah. So people. So my thing yeah. is treat your audience, your test audience, to what they could see and if you could pop your head up on screen and say <laughs> at this point this will happen then do that because people want to know otherwise they'll just think it's not right um write it every time they they don't have as much imagination as you think uh boring technical corner welcome to boring technical, technical corner. corner um <laughs> that was new was, yeah jingles <laughs> can i have a jingle yeah but you've got to write it yourself and see You're it yourself boring acting acting corner <laughs> if i want to talk different <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing. It's so different from his. So if, if you've uh, heard me in any other uh, episodes of this, you'll know how bored I am by a kit. But what I will say is um, all lenses look the same unless they're wide open. Like Oh, yes. Like to an extent. Like if you if you get a set of Master Primes and put them at halfway through like a 5.6 or 8 or something, yep. T8, um, and put it next to like a, a Canon... I don't know, like a, just any other lens, it will look the same basically. Unless you're like putting it in some extreme situation, all lenses look the same. Mm-hmm. It's only really when you start to push them. So yeah, you, you fire light down the barrel or you're wide open on them. Like most lenses will only have a character, you know, at the widest stop or just off that. So if you have spent loads of money getting special lenses, unless there's some extreme technical reason, like it has to be very sharp or something, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just shoot wide open or shoot near as near to that as you can. Just find out why that lens has a character and put it in a situation where you will get the money out of it. Otherwise, it's a total waste of money. Well, great that advice. Great advice. Yeah, that's amazing because I've actually got some really like really low end really DSLR. Expensive. <laughs> just, no, just bought rubbish. <laughs> rubbish. I've got rubbish. <laughs> and uh, if you've ever paid me to make a film for you, that's what I used. But that's brilliant advice. <laughs> <laughs> that is good advice amazing um, advice I don't find that boring cool I actually genuinely find, <laughs> think that's well, really interesting and whereas actually, yours yeah mine are boring that was, that, was, more boring. that was boring technical corner <laughs> I'll just put that's the thing at the end of the oh so, was that a thing at the end right, yeah okay, so I'll drop that in at can the I, end can I can I like have a little sort of a, a parentheses bit to your jingle yeah so, do it again 
That, <laughs> I don't know how it goes. That was boring. Technical corner. But I didn't think so. Ah, ah, nice. Yeah, very good. Felt a bit sycophantic. I don't know if I felt a bit like. Mm, what bit... about yeah? Okay, well, we can re we can re record. I mean, do you it, want we... something from me? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> do you want something? something from me? Do you want something? <laughs> Not right now. Okay, here's my fourth. Are we on to four? <laughs> think. think <laughs> no, I'm joking. You going? Are you? Yeah, but mine are similar. To, I mean, I mentioned this before. But I think this is really important of what I wish I knew before going on set is no one cares as much as you do. No one does. They don't. This is your baby and your product. And the your writer thing. might. There, the might. And there followed the might an eerie silence. <laughs> Am I wrong? I mean, no, the different. writer does. But it's a different thing. He cares about the words. He cares about, obviously he cares about the whole picture, of course, because they've written it. But they don't care about the minute details. They don't care about whether they picked it with the left hand or the right hand. They don't care about yeah. what, yeah, what, what hair totally they've got. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Whereas you do, it matters so much to yeah. you what colours you use. Uh-huh. So for me, the director it, it cares more than anyone else. Anyone else, and as soon as you know that, that really helped to sort of go, okay, cool, fine. Sure. That's not a problem. Uh-huh. So I remember a couple of times on set, of the dare, I'm going, why are those lot just sat over there on the phones? Why? Why is what? I'm here working my ass off doing this, and I'm really thinking about something. Mm. And well, of course they're not. I haven't asked them to do anything. Andy hasn't asked them to set up any, you know. <laughs> Technical Any things. technical, boring, technical do, corner stuff. Do technical things. Because that's their job. They're waiting to do that. And when they're asked to do that, they do that as best as they can. So that, that was something. They, they, they you're, don't, you're always on as a director. I'm always on. And yeah. so no one cares as much as you at that point. No one. No one. And, and it's great to know that. And as soon as you do, things is, life is much better on yeah. set for you. Yeah. yeah. I wish I knew uh, routes to raise money. It's a, yeah. It's a huge one. That's it. And now you do. I don't have to elaborate. It's just, I w- yeah. <laughs> well, even I, I, I wish I knew more now. I mean, I mm. still, I, yeah, so, cause, you know, you can have the best scripts in the world, the best crew, the best, uh, cast. Yep. Cast obviously is a large part of where the money comes from. If you get the name, you'll get, you know, you can get the money, but you still got to know where to go and who to ask. Even if you, you could, you could have DiCaprio saying he's prepared to do a film with you, but you better find someone who's going to pay the money. Because mm-hmm. so I wish I just had more access to fundraising. I know, though, if you uh, had DiCaprio, someone would give you the money. Someone would give you the money. You'd have to just <laughs> well, let people know you had DiCaprio. Let's do a, you know someone a bit further down the rung than DiCaprio, maybe Dan Richardson or something. Well, let's go further, even. Couldn't <laughs> <laughs> go any further. <laughs> no. No, but that's uh, totally how we find the money, and how do yeah. we find the money? Where do we go? Precisely, and that's always changing too. It actually is, yeah. You know? Um, with the dare it was studio money so that changed things World of Darkness wasn't it was uh, private investors and it was the company behind it and it's all about tapping into those people mm. Mm. anyone who we've had on the podcast how did you get the money well I did it on my credit cards mm. or I found an investor or I, I worked my ass off to get this that and I built it up or I did Kickstarter or I did it there are many different ways to mm. raise the money and find it but you can find those places and you can raise the money yeah just got to work on your script work on who's in it all these things come together at the same yeah. time and it's hard work it took me a long time to make my first film yeah. it might take me longer to make the 10th film yeah. <laughs> who or knows ninth. possibly <laughs> it's already lined up yeah. it's fine <laughs> it'd be alright it'd be alright <laughs> but it's true knowing th- those things yeah I wish I knew <clears throat> that 
Yeah, good point. I wish I'd made it to the Dillinger Escape Plan show that was our last ever show. Blank faces from the rest of the room. Okay, no, um, my actual <laughs> point was... Um, <laughs> they, are, they are very good, I have. They're uh, the, the best band that will ever be. But anyway, oh, wow. we've broken up now, so that's it. Um, art direction is super important. Like, I would take good art direction over good lenses or good cameras Great any point. day. Like, Great point. Just, just being in, in costume as well. Just having having a conversation with the costume designer and the art director so that everything either matches or plays off each other or has a has a color palette on screen that will make so much more of a distant difference than any technical uh attribute of what totally you're doing. agree with that it's so true if you're shooting even on the iphone if you've yeah. got this beautiful background well it's going to look good it's going to look nice your yeah. actors look and location look- like if you're in iceland yeah. with an iphone it's better than if you're in my back garden with and, and, and Alexa. Alexa yeah <laughs> that's it's so true it's a really good point. People don't know that one. They go, oh, I'm just going to go make a film and we're just going to shoot it. And we've got this great, camera. great camera and we've got cool, actors. Great, great. Help, but, but yeah, so I, it's gonna be, uh, what's behind yeah, there, yeah. what they pick up. What, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So important. I like that. Get a good art department. Yeah. And they're hard to find, but there are good ones out there. There really are who will come and work for you uh, and be their best friend. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, my last one. And I, I have said this before, but I think it's so important is is I wish that it was okay to fail. I wish I knew that it was okay. Not to fail as in uh, totally, but as in things go wrong. It's okay to be wrong. Yeah. It's okay that your idea that you thought was great isn't. It's okay. Don't hang on to these things. Be, be, what's the word? Just be that person inside you that goes, yeah, do you know what? I was wrong. Hold your hands up. I did that wrong. You learn. If you're not putting yourself in a position where you can make mistakes, then you're not pushing yourself. Such Mm. a cliche, isn't it? But it's true. I mean, yeah. Make make those mistakes. You learn by failing. If you're learn not, by not falling over. You're not running fast enough. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we're going to do that for the rest of our careers. Is we're constantly learning from the things. Not we do me. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Can I make no more mistakes ever. <laughs> Have it on tape yeah. now. Like I say, book, book Andy because you know he's made all the mistakes he can make. P- possibly make now. <laughs> We've seen his stuff. Which <laughs> is good stuff now. No, yeah. I, I, for me, that's that's really important. Is don't be so precious. Don't feel you have to make this one perfect. Because I think it was something. Who was it said on the podcast and Christian Jane totally agree with this too. It was, it was in five, 10 years time. This is Jason Brubaker was oh, saying right. this. who's just beautiful. And he said, five, 10 years time, you look back at those films you thought were perfect or thought you worked so hard on. You go, yeah, that was a bit crap. Oh, I'm not, it's not as good as I thought it was. Yeah. And that's okay. It's okay to go think that now. Of course you want to make the best film possible, but yeah. don't get hung up on it so much. It's okay to fail. Yeah. Cool. Dan, what's your last one? My last one is, is really, uh, and this is something I did learn from being on the, the first film set, but I guess I would have maximized it if I'd have known going into it, is that I was fascinated by, like, I talked to Andy about the camera side of things. I talked to the lighting guy about the lighting side of things. I talked to the sound guy. I, I was so fascinated by every discipline on set. And I think that's such a valuable thing because, you know, it's like you talk about from anyone's perspective, you, they always, there's, there's something, Mm. you can do to help that person the, the, they run smoother because you know you know that the lighting guy's looking for you to find the light you don't need them to you can just kick your mark forward and you've done it you know exactly what they're trying yeah. to do because yes. you understand what they're trying to achieve and from your perspective yeah. from the i love i and i just found you know that's how i got into photography was because i i took a real interest in talking to the dop on the first few films i did and 
and then I bought a camera and then I got into photography because of some of the principles overlap and sure. stuff. So uh, it's a, it's a kind of a, a mild one because, um, I, even on, you know, the harsh light of day, which is mm-hmm. pretty much my first a traditional movie in the sense that I was on set for a month or whatever. A couple of weeks in, I was like asking question after question after question. I loved it. And I, I would have done that from the very beginning if I'd have known how fascinating it was. And, and as you found Andy, is actually, you're happy to talk to people happy to say well this is how it works obviously if you're yeah, t- yeah. under the cosh <clears throat> it's a big it's a big part of the res- responsibility like mm. it's, it's to yeah like th- th- there's a really great book called practical cinematography i think it's by paul wheeler mm-hmm. um which i'd really recommend reading but it's one of the first books i read as a when i was getting into all this and it, and it lists like your responsibilities as a, as, a, as a cinematographer what you should be doing as a dp on set and one of them is is ex- at the end of the day explain answer any questions from junior members of the crew mm-hmm. it's like yeah like but that it should be that way the whole through should be because you're passionate you're, about it right yeah and like problem but you're training people and then and then they're more useful to you like what's the problem like bring the whole level of everyone up absolutely yeah, yeah so important um and your final one or was that your final oh, one um, did you just do it yeah this i mean uh <laughs> sorry <laughs> Leave that in, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Leave that in, yeah. yeah that, definitely oh. leave that. Oh. That's my final one. <laughs> Two strokes in one podcast. So, yeah. so as a... Uh, I don't Three? Know phrase it, I, I said, what? Act <laughs> fast, you can save more of me. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah... Uh, as so, someone working in the industry, uh, like, and I'm not where I want to be yet, and mm-hmm. I'm feel like I'm, we were talking about this earlier. Like we're, we all feel like hopefully we're on the edge of mm. maybe that. Um, we're, you know, we're working filmmaking. We're working. Well, yeah, yeah, but we, you know, yeah. Um, you, if if there's something you're unhappy with the industry in the industry, if there's if there's if you don't like the films that are being made, if you don't like um, if there's something like sexist or something you know in then don't you can choose not to work on those productions mm. you know you can choose not to be part of the problem if you think certain people are under represented in the industry and, and you have a chance to hire people and it's all an even playing field but you can pick someone like do that like we are the industry i guess that's that's my point is mm-hmm. that you know there's sure there's power players and there's people who have more influence but if you're on the ground, you're making films, you are part of the industry. If the industry has a problem and you're not fixing it, you should be, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, not in a negative way, but like y- you have that power. So to make s- positive change and stuff is a, a director, even as yep. an actor, as, yep. um, as, a, as a producer, as a line producer, even as a DP and the people you hire and the people whose opinions you respect, like, uh, yeah, I, we are the industry. I guess that's, that's my, mm-hmm. my point. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah it makes sense. sense. I like yeah. that a lot. It's a really nice way to end it as well. Very nice. There were our five things we sort of wish we knew before we went on set, but some that we wish we knew now. (laughs) So stay tuned for the next 45 minutes as we recap those five. (laughs) Just rewind it, press play, start again. Um, So yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, good. 
So do go to our website, filmmakerspodcast.com, where you can catch up on our previous episodes, some brilliant ones with Mark Strong talking about working with some amazing directors and some great tips there of what he went through with those big directors. Sam Miller's episode when he directed Luther and recently Relic is fantastic as well. There's some other brilliant episodes on there. Just just go. It's full of wonderful knowledge. The recent one with Matt Huckins and Dom Lemoire as well. It's stunning. Some really good stuff on there to how to make indie films. There's loads. This is our I don't know what number now. And there's loads of great ones to come as well. Yeah, and even more to come up. Yeah, some really exciting ones. Cool guests on on their way to us. Yes, they are. It's getting bigger and bigger and we love it. So where can we follow you, Dan? Well, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram on Dan710THS. Boom, man. (laughs) So slick. Well, it's like I've said it before, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's the first time you didn't stutter. <gasps> Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I stuttered when I said that. Um, I'm on, uh, I'm from uh, 4 to 6 p.m. at 12, 15 uh, a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that when you wake up? <laughs> so it's like a number station. It's just, it's just, just numbers, repeats numbers, numbers mostly. Yeah. But Morse code. There's a, there's a message in there. And also www.35mm.com. Uh, very nice, very nice. You can follow me at Giles Alderson. You can follow The Dare at The Dare Movie. Um, and if you have any questions you want reading out on the show about filmmaking, please, please do send us uh, a message on our Facebook page or on our Twitter page. Being prepared is everything. We've talked about this quite a lot. You can make your indie film, but know who your audience is and get out there and do it. And remember, if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well, it's your duty to send the elevator back down. Till next time which is next Tuesday. So we will see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Love you. Love you. Oh yeah. And if you fancy it, write a review. Go on iTunes. Or don't. It's good. Write a review, including our work. Did we have a um, a little Easter egg fact? Oh, did we look it up already? What's that? That we were going to drop in at the end. Oh, we already done it. Well, Singapore. Oh, the the, Singapore one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So keep keep listening. I'm going to leave this on. Someone from Singapore send us a message just because we we want you to send us a message from the other side of the world. It'd be awesome. We'll be awesome. And we we love you. And tell us about your filmmaking experience. Mm. And we'll maybe get on the podcast. Yeah. Oh. Oh, and if you do want to come on the podcast, email me at giles at fijiproductions.com. Obviously, if you've got a film and obviously if you've made something, obviously don't just want to come on and chat with us. Well, you might. Well, if you're good looking. He or she. I'm off the podcast. Transgender. I was going to say. No, but no, but like, it might be like a big deal. It might be like Roger. Is he dead? Roger, Roger Moore. Moore's dead. He's not coming on the show. Imagine if you're Roger Moore, but not dead. We'd yes. have him on the show. Yeah, we'd have a big, big. We're gonna. We've got a lovely big actress coming on the show with us. Not uh, big, as, big in like, as in like. Yeah, she's not. I don't mean she's heavy. Anything but. <laughs> right, let's cut there. <laughs> See you, everyone. Bye. That was boring. Technical corner. But I didn't think so.